Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Dave, season two, episode nine, Enlightened Dave, is the episode I will be completely breaking down and spoiling, so if you don't want that to happen to you, uh, go check out the episode and then come back to this show uh to listen to me talk about it uh and if you don't mind then welcome uh let's get it started shall we this op- episode opens with dave walking up to what appears to be an empty house a large house somewhat of a compound as you will uh possibly in the hollywood hills he's walking up to this house knocks on the door nobody answers so he just lets himself in which, in my opinion, would be, I can't see myself ever walking into a house uh, without, with the, with, that assumes to be empty, with nobody seeming to be there. I don't, I don't care if I was invited there. I don't care if it was a friend's house. I don't care what situation or relationship I have with this person. If I'm walking up and I got bags, like I'm staying a while, and somebody's not there, I don't just let myself in. But Dave lets himself in because Dave's in his own world on some some situations, some some uh, aspects uh, of of his existence. Uh, but he goes in a completely white interior of this house, beautiful. He sits like open floor plan, just gorgeous house. Sits down on this giant beanbag, white beanbag chair. And, of course, Dave pulls out a little snack for himself, uh, which what would be the worst snack you could eat on a giant white beanbag chair, but a, a bag of Cheetos. Uh, so he pulls out his bag of Cheetos where we see, we see our first character other than Dave in this episode, who is a painter. And not an artist painter, but somebody who's painting the house. Apparently, a new coat of paint gets laid down with each new guest. And these guests are artists. And these artists are there because this is Rick Rubin's house. Dave is there. He's been set up. Benny Blanco set him up to go work with Rick Rubin. Because, of course, as we know, Dave has nowhere. He has nothing ready for his new album. He has nothing he has been running around in circles blaming everybody and everything uh unable to create anything so he's going to the guru of production uh i myself huge fan of rick rubin uh as not only a producer i'm you know big fan of the red hot chili peppers and i feel that they make their best work when they are working with rick rubin uh, but so many musicians and artists who work with him produce some of their best work. And part of that is the Rick Rubin philosophy of how he approaches art in general, which is very similar to, in a lot of ways, to how I approach art, I would say. Uh, and where it's not as much about the production of the art itself, uh, but how you come to it as yourself to produce this art, where you are emotionally and mentally and what your philosophies of art are. Uh, so he is there uh, so far only meeting the painter. He looks out the window and he sees an overweight old man with long gray hair sitting away, facing away from the house, assumably meditating in the yard. 
Uh, so Dave runs out, assuming it's Rick Rubin, but not wanting to interrupt the meditation. Uh, Dave, from a distance, takes a picture of this guy's back and then sits down behind him as to not cause any disturbance, uh, can't get comfortable. And, of course, Dave, uh, seemingly wasting no time, does eventually interrupt this person who is not Rick Rubin. Uh, this person ends up being Biff Swift. Uh, this goofy guy who ends up being an actor gives Dave his card uh, if he ever needs him for a music video. Uh, just a kind of a sweet, hippie, kind of an old, goofy dude. Uh, and uh, not Rick Rubin. So Dave's a little, a little bummed that it's not him. Uh, somebody comes up named Adam, who is he's the actor who is in the high maintenance show. He was the weed dealer in that show, which is a fun show if you've never seen that show. Uh, but he's like another assistant that works with Rick, and he's seemingly there to help Dave uh, get oriented and get get started on his journey to start working with Rick. Uh, and uh, takes him on a tour asking Dave why he's there. Uh, and Dave, of course, uh, talking a lot. He even says, uh, Dave mentions that he is uh, constantly saying way too much while also saying nothing, which is a very good example of what Dave's, uh, what it's been like for Dave walking around this property, always kind of running his mouth about things, but not really saying anything of substance necessarily. Um, but Dave is there because he's desperate. He's unable to come up with songs that he needs to, to fulfill his obligation to this label uh, that has already kicked him out of the mansion he was staying in. He's basically coming to the end of his rope, needing to get this album completed. Uh, that is why he is there. Uh, but this guy, Adam, who is not A-D-A-M, it's A-T-O-M, the Atom uh, is this guy's name, is speaking in very, like, vague, hyperbole, uh, hyperbolic kind of metaphor and spiritual things, really trying to get at the essence of Dave, the essence of what Dave is wanting to do and what hurdles he's he's uh, dealing with versus Dave really just kind of wants the shortcut. He doesn't want to do the work to put himself mentally in a place where he can create at his best potential. Um, so there is that kind of miscommunication of of the two kind of coming at this issue uh cut to later on in the evening dave walks into the bedroom he will be staying in which is a gorgeous bedroom there's a fireplace in the distance and there's a, a lady there waiting for dave uh which he didn't notice at first and then gets shocked when she she pipes up to announce herself letting dave know that he has some homework to do Rick Rubin would like Dave to write down on a pad and paper that is waiting for him on the table in the room to write down his biggest fears and then to bury that list of fears somewhere on the property. And uh, Rick Rubin doesn't want to know what this is. It's just one. It's just like a it's an exercise that he wants Dave to do. And Dave is like, 
like everything, it's like, I don't see what this is going to do to help. I just want to work with them so we can produce my stuff. I, I don't need to be doing, I don't need to be having this like a uh, spiritual awakening type of a thing. Uh, he's more concerned with getting the Wi-Fi password, which there's a funny exchange where she tells him uh, the, the password and he misinterprets it, uh, but finally gets it, calls his buddy Benny to see what is up. Why is, why is this situation not working out in this, the way Dave assumed it would have worked out? Uh, but, of course, Benny, the connection is weak and choppy and uh, gets disconnected from Benny. Uh, so Dave decides to sit down and write this list, uh, and he comes up with a few things, writes down his fear is failure, but then decides to cross that out and write instead success, which is a common fear that most people are in denial of having because success can be a scary thing, especially if you've seen, which Dave has, experienced and seen on some level despite the fact that he is kind of delusional about how busy what life is like for somebody who is successful versus the life that he has the kind of schedule that you would need to have the pressure of success the pressure of all eyes on you to create high level work on a regular consistent basis um, and how when you fall out of the public's perception of creating good work, uh, how damaging that can be to one's ego. Uh, so Dave is fearful of success. And as he's on the property burying this list, uh, he comes across uh, a musician that he mentioned brought up before, uh, Flea. He asked when he was walking around the property with Adam, uh, he was asking, he's like, I heard that uh, Rick Rubin came up with Flea's nickname, and that's why Flea goes by Flea, because it was Rick Rubin, which I don't believe that to be true. Uh, but while trying to bury his list, that name comes up again. He finds Flea's list, uh, which only includes spiders, which I thought was hilarious. I am huge fan of Flea, obviously, Chili Peppers, but Flea as a human, like my spirit animal, is Flea. I know he's a human, but he is just, like, amazing at he, – he loves art. He loves music. He loves the journey of, of constantly learning music. He does a lot of things charitably to uh, enhance music understanding in the world. Uh, and he's also just feels like a, he has a joyful spirit to him. Uh, I really love Flea, but he is apparently, according to this episode, afraid of spiders. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Now you can wear The Many Faces, original art by Ray Taylor. Select pieces from the ongoing series of abstract ink paintings. All products made with high quality materials, made right here in the USA. Go to inspireddisorder.com slash TMF merch to browse the entire collection and save yourself an extra 10% when you check out by using coupon code RTS. TMF. So once again, go to inspireddisorder.com slash TMF merch and save 10% when you use coupon code RTSTMF. And now back to our show. So now cut to uh, the next day. 
Uh, Dave thinks this is the day he's going to be recording with Rick Rubin, but he is not going to be recording with Rick Rubin. Instead, he is going to, he's given this mixture of things, which I believe to be like ayahuasca, and told to go into, or some kind of hallucinogenic thing. It seems like, maybe not, but he's also told to go into a float tank and, uh, and, you know, meditate. Do I've never been in a float tank. I meditate regularly, but from what it seems, the sensory deprivation tank uh, that uh, that amplifies meditation to another level, which uh, one of these days I will experience the float tanks, uh, as it were. But uh, this is... Dave's job for the day is to go float. And that's not what Dave wants to do. Dave doesn't want to do any self-work. He wants to just... He wants... Basically feels like Rick Rubin's going to make this album for him in a lot of ways and tell him what to do. And that's not how Rick Rubin does. He, he, he gets his artists in the proper mind state to be their best creative self. And Dave doesn't want to have to do the work. Dave wants the shortcuts. He doesn't want to have to actually put in the real work. Uh, but he goes into this float tank, initially going in naked, but Adam hands him a, a pair of swim trunks as Dave's balls just hang to the floor almost as he's trying to step into this float tank. Um, but anyway, he goes in. Because he was told that Kanye was... He, Kanye was against the process as well until he let go. And Dave's obsession with Kanye is the reason why. He's like, well, if Kanye did it, I will walk in his path uh, and do the same. Uh, so he goes into the float tank, and as he's floating, he's having all of these racing thoughts, as you do when you meditate. Uh, meditation isn't about being good at it. Meditation is a practice. You constantly practice at doing it uh, in order to slowly get better at a thing. Uh, and having racing thoughts is part of it. It is what your brain does when you try to settle down. And the whole idea of the practice of meditation is to let those thoughts flow through you and exit and let go of them until you get to a point of calm peace emptiness of some sorts uh so he's having these racing thoughts and he's had enough and he gets out of the float tank and he's puts on his robe and he's walking around and nobody's around again uh and as he's walking around this this property he sees a remote control car shows up out of nowhere and he decides to follow it and he follows this remote control car out to the outskirts of the property out to the middle of nowhere and far in the distance he sees the person controlling this uh, remote control car who seems to be Rick Rubin and he is about that big on the screen so it's kind of just to step out of this episode for a second and comment on how this show has so many cameos from actual celebrities and whatnot. Uh, it's a very creative way to have a celebrity cameo without actually having a celebrity cameo. Because I don't at, at no point in this episode 
does Rick Rubin actually show up? But it has the illusion of Rick Rubin there. And this tiny person in the distance, Dave sees, is assumingly controlling the remote control car. Uh, the car flips over. He uh, flips it back over and then realizes that uh and then the car like goes running off the cliff and then he realizes that he's holding the controller and this is when you notice this is when you start to realize as the viewer of this episode and as dave realizes as the character in this episode that he is in a dream state and this episode goes into the best expression, I would say, of a dream state. Uh, and also not only of a dream state, but of a dream state where Dave is being confronted with all of the, the negative aspects of his life in a lot of ways. So he's got this controller in his hand all of a sudden. He throws it down. He... Uh, goes he runs back to the the house and before he gets to the front door the the dan his assistant his intern from the first episode appears again i had no idea dan was going to come back but in his dream of course this is one of the things that is holding dave back mentally knowing that there is a human being that got when he was in korea uh, got recruited to uh, the military to serve his uh, required military service. So Dan, in his dream state, is all in complete fatigues. He's got holding a broken laptop, telling Dave that he got the laptop and he tried to swallow it to like bring it back to the U.S. Uh, and then Dan starts to piss himself, which is a reflection of Dave when he would do these bird bombs and piss himself just to entertain his friends. And Dave is like freaking out. And he's like, hold on, Dan, I'm going to get you some water. So he runs inside the kitchen and tries to fill up a glass of water in the sink, but the water's not working. So he turns around to go see if there's water somewhere else. And bam, he's in a busy kitchen like a kitchen that is a working kitchen, and there's people all over the place. It's busy, and Gata is there, and Gata's like, come on, Dave, we got to go. We got to make this stuff, and, and Dave is like, what is going on? What are we doing here? And he's like, I don't know how to make this stuff, and Gata's like, yeah, you can do it. You could do it. Just use me. Just use me, and he gives him a knife, and like, Mike comes barging in. Mike's got dyed hair for some reason, but he's still like the, the boss of the situation, like pushing Dave. It's like, Dave, you got to make this meal. Come on, man. We got people waiting, right? Which is obviously the, the pressure that Mike is putting on Dave to be creative. It's one of the pressures Dave is feeling from the outside world to, to push himself to come up with something instead of letting the thing, instead of dealing with these things and letting the creativity flow out of them. So Mike is there giving him pressure. Gate is like, you got to do it here. Just take me. And he's like, gives him a knife and he's like, cut off my arm and we can cook that because there's nothing on the table. Dave has nothing. He's creatively bankrupt. So Dave grabs the knife and starts cutting Gata, despite the fact Gata is in complete and utter pain, still encouraging Dave, 
because that's what Gaeta does. Gaeta is the hype man in every single way. He is hip-hop's answer to Ted Lasso. He is the Ted Lasso of hip-hop, constantly, despite the fact Dave is cutting off his arm, still cheering him on, believing in Dave, uh, which it probably on some level is Dave grappling with his desires to want to be so good and his desires to steal from the African-American, the black community in hip-hop, which was brought to his uh, attention with the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar episode. So he's cutting off this chunk of meat, and as soon as he cuts off a chunk of meat, Dave puts it in his mouth and, like, eats a piece of it. And apparently it's good, so he throws it on the grill and grills it up, and then we cut to Dave going in, giant platters covered with those metal domes that go on top of the platters and he goes into this big banquet hall where there's a table of critics waiting to taste his meal that he created and dave walking in with these giant platters takes the domes off and it's just like body parts of of gata that dave extracted from gata cut off from gata took from gata uh to serve the critics to serve the masses and they they're eating it and in the distance you see emma with her camera pointed at dave like dave always feeling judged by emma because he she knows where he came from and also she knows how little respect dave has given her and she thinks it's disgusting always judging dave thinks she's just watching and judging me watching and judging me then you have Gaeta up in the up in like the balcony looking down without an arm he's got no arm and he's like Dave how is it do they love it and of course all the critics love it all the critics love it but they're chanting for more they're chanting for more what's Dave gonna do was Dave gonna take Gaeta's other arm how is he gonna feed these hungry critics when he had nothing to begin with So they're all chanting more, and then it's like the lighting goes out, and Dave is approaching this one lit table where his mom is sitting, and he's apologizing to his mom. He's apologizing. It's just like, I could have done better, and then his mom turns into Allie. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I couldn't be the person. It's like, yes, you could have been, which is obviously, you know, on so many levels, so many men try to date their moms they try to find women that will take care of them will you know they don't want to be, and a lot of men in those relations won't be the other half of the relationship they just want that one-sided like childhood take from the mom so it's a, a an interesting kind of a scenario and dave is like apologizes apologizes and saying goodbye and then he leaves walking to a door that's lit on the other side of the door bright light so he's walking towards this light next thing you know dave is in this illuminated room this beautifully lit illuminated room with nothing in it except for a desk in the distance with a macbook mac uh imac on it you know, with Pro Tools loaded up or whatever the, the editing software is, and there's a guy sitting in front of the computer, back to turn to Dave, turns around and you see it's Dave. 
bald, Dave. Completely bald. No hair. No back knee. Wearing a diaper. Dave's ego. He's confronting his ego. And he realizes that. And he's like, what is going on? What am I supposed to do? I think I'm supposed to kill you. And his ego is like, do you like the music? Like, there's this ambient music playing in this. Like, not like ambient but like so like it's it's hard to it's it's hard to distinguish the music necessarily it's almost like melodic white noise going on and he's asking him if he likes it and he's like oh i got a song for you you want to hear it and dave's like yes he plays a song and he loves it dave loves it he's like oh can you send me the pro tools like again wanting the shortcut wanting the shortcut, not wanting to actually do the work, thinking that other people are going to give it to him. Meanwhile, his ego is telling him, it's like, this is in you. This is within you. I am you. This song is already in you. You just have to let it out. Join Inspired Disorder Plus today. Head on over to inspireddisorder.com plus to join Membership includes members-only discounts and deals. You get access to the Ray Taylor Show completely ad-free, as well as bonus episodes. You get access to the complete live painting archive. You also get access to every single podcast ever produced by Inspired Disorder, hosted by Ray Taylor. You get access to Ray Taylor's personal blog, as well as the opportunity to ask me any questions. So if you want to start a podcast, you're into art, ask me anything. And so many more things are being added every day to Inspire Disorder Plus. So sign up today, become a member, head on over to inspiredisorder.com slash plus and become an Inspire Disorder Plus member today. And then he brings out the anteater, which is a perfect... Which, up until this moment, I had never realized the importance of the anteater. Because I had never realized how much throughout this season of Dave, ants have been, like, the thing that Dave has used as the excuse not to work. You know, you have the, obviously, the, the movie or the uh, episode, um, Antsy, where ants are all in their mansion... And it's, it's, that's the thing that's keeping Dave from, from making this album. And it's ants that keep showing up during the episode where he's got to do the cipher for the double XL uh, thing. Ants are there. It's always this burden, this, this nuisance that's around Dave that's keeping him from doing it. So now he has his spirit animal of the ant eater. This creature that's going to remove those burdens for him so he doesn't have to focus on those things so he can focus on being in the moment creating what he needs to create so he's got this anteater and he's talking to his ego is talking to himself telling him that he just needs to be himself he's always trying to be this thing that he thinks he needs to be He's trying to be lowbrow, but he thinks he needs to be highbrow, and he really needs to be nobrow, which is hilarious because his ego has no eyebrows. He's completely bald. But also a true statement. 
Dave just needs to create. He's thinking of his brand too much, his quote-unquote brand. As an ad man, it's all about your brand. But the thing artists need to realize is that they need to focus on their authentic voice and say the things and do the things that is authentically them and focus on developing that aspect of themselves instead of trying to be the white version of Kanye West as Dave has ex you know described himself for me early in my art career I loved surrealism and a lot of my work was compared to Salvador Dali and one of the biggest problems I had with creating art was trying to filter ideas through this fake narrative that I am that is the art that I create instead of just understanding how I love to make art the ways in which I love to make art and reverse engineering that into a way for me to make art in my authentic voice and and focus on that and when you focus on that everything falls away it becomes effortless it is amazing how effortless you can create when you're not trying to constantly fit everything into some pre-prescribed template of how things should look, what things should be, because you think you should be the, the next this or compared to that. And one of Dave's biggest crutches told by the, his ego is his overanalyzing. He's overthinking everything, which is another thing so many people do. Instead of just being in the moment and creating your stuff, Dave is so, in every situation, overthinking things. Even back to his very first live performance that never actually happened. When that kid died and Macklemore showed up and effortlessly did his music, Dave was overanalyzing and overthinking everything. The music had to be a certain way. He had to move his arms in a certain way. He had to wear the, the specific clothing instead of just communicating in his voice, instead of just being, instead of discovering how he performs in front of a live audience, he's trying to mimic other people's performances. And he uses that overanalyzing as a crutch, as a way to avoid things, as a way to avoid understanding who he is as an artist and overthinking everything and Dave as Dave does misinterpreting and and uh, misinterpreting situations almost goes in to kiss his ego self which is another hilarious moment because <laughs> his ego's like no that's no, not like it, like it's Dave is like so close, so close to understanding what this all means. And he's like, oh, does it mean I have to kiss you now? Like he's still overanalyzing the stuff. And his ego's like, people think you're funny. 
like you use humor as as a way to push you know things away because you think you need to be that thing and it's like here this is like how easy it is it's like oh it's a joke and then he hits the the hits the space bar on on the computer to hit play and it's like oh that's a joke huh there's this beat that's like blowing dave's mind and it's like this hook of of it's a joke huh it's like clearly something and dave again asking like please give me that it's like it's already in you bro it's already in you so he goes to kiss him and it's, that's not what it's all about but then all of a sudden both him and his ego are starting to cough up water and they collapse to the ground something's wrong and then we cut to reality and you have adam and biff there and they're arguing over whose responsibility it was to get Dave out of that float tank. Because apparently Dave was in that float tank all day. Almost drowned. That's the whole coughing up the water. So they revive Dave. And Dave is just like, got that beat in his head. Got that, it's a joke beat in his head. And he's just like, not caring about the fact that he, like, pre-float tank Dave would have used that situation as an excuse to complain. Oh, whose responsibility was it? Why was why did this happen to me? None of that matters. All that matters is Dave has this idea in his head that he needs to get out immediately. That feeling you have as an artist where there's like this desire where you have this idea that you just Nothing in the world, the universe, existence, humankind, nothing matters. You need to get that out. It, it's a, it's a, you, there's nothing that has to happen more in life itself than you getting this idea, this feeling out of your head and put down in whatever medium you work in, whether it's writing, music, rapping painting whatever nothing matters and for once in dave potentially his entire life he is allowed to just go along with he is tuned into he is not focused on how he's going to appear to other people it is just there is this idea that i need to get out and he jets inside the house running repeating to himself trying not to forget gets into the the room where the mic is set up hits record and just gets it out gets out that this is a joke followed by just you know a rap and that's how it ends it's great it is like like it is a high like the 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 episode is like oh shit we're dealing with dave's problems dave's constantly got problems this whole season is about dave's problems and how he's self-sabotaging himself and making everything so much more difficult and overthinking things and at the end it's like he's finally hopefully let it go and he's got the inspiration and the motivation in a way that is undeniable and runs in to go lay it down a great way to end uh the episode a great episode to have obviously 
Um, and you don't need drugs. You don't need a float tank to come to that realization as an artist. But you do have to put in the work. You have to... Meditation is a great way to quiet the distractions of life and to do that self-work, to step outside of yourself and properly critique yourself and understand the things that you need to change and get better at. But also the idea of artists finding their voice their authentic voice that is not somebody else it may it's going to be inspired by a lot of things a lot of your interests but your voice is the most authentic thing you can offer to the world and it's the thing that will distinguish you from everybody else because nobody is you and when you can tap into that the idea of creating is limitless like when you understand how when you're when you're tapped into the flow you're on fire like for athletes it's that zone when you're in the zone you're on fire and it's like things are effortlessly happening you know you're playing basketball and it doesn't matter how ridiculous your three-point shots are are coming off your hand but they're all sinking effortlessly it's just that effortless feeling of being in the zone that comes from you communicating with your pure voice your true voice and in this episode dave finds that finally and uh i'm excited it's great i love this episode so much uh and uh yeah it's uh, a great episode so dave season two episode nine Next episode is 10, obviously, comes after 9, uh, entitled Dave. It is the last episode of Season 2. Season 3, I don't know when it will be coming out, but when it does, I will be doing these breakdowns again, and I'll talk about that uh, again uh, next episode. But uh, Episode 9, Enlightened Dave, is a great episode. Highly recommend checking it out. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. And follow the show on Instagram at Ray Taylor Show. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Out! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.